Kai. Hello, folks. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And today we are talking about Minute 99 of High School Musical 2. Minute 99 starts out with Kelsey nodding and ends with Troy taking a step. <laughs> taking a step. Yep. Doing a big old steppy. <laughs> Just a big old step. Condra, the 99 restaurant... Great meal, great deal. The Red Sox won last night, so... So you kids can, get half kids, off? Kids can eat free at the 99 restaurant. as With the purchase of an adult meal. With the... Yes. But yeah, you're not just going to walk in and feed your kids and not eat yourself. We can get uh, tips and tenders for for a great low price of eleven ninety nine. I do love me some tips and tenders. I don't, I don't, I don't remember if that's an accurate price, but... It's probably not. In today's <laughs> economy... <laughs> But they always had that like that like lunch like that meal deal where you could get like an entree and a dessert or something. Yeah. That was good. That was good. And they <laughs> used to have that stuff at like it was like stale popcorn and like a weird chip thing at the table, like before. It's cheese and crackers. Oh, it was cheese and crackers, that's what it was. But everything We're was always like a little stale. New England restaurant chain ninety nine restaurants, founded in Boston on 99th Street. That's why. Horseshoe is their is their logo. A, a good luck horseshoe. They used to have like a song that was the ninety nine restaurant said ninety nine reasons you'll always come back for more. Yes, that and was like when we were they, a kid. They kept changing the slogan. It became ninety nine restaurant great meal great deal, and then it, it's actually a different one now. Oh, it's ninety nine restaurant always a great deal. I can't eat there, so I don't really know. <laughs> There, there are none time. near me. I looked it up once and I'd have to drive like an hour to go to a 99 restaurant. I was bummed. We used to have good times going there, though. Yeah. Anyway, minute 99 of high school. That was my, that was my couch gag. That was your couch 99 gag. humor. Cool. That only <laughs> a handful of people are going to get. So, yeah, the, the song is starting. Um, we get the, in, the, the first lines of the song every day, which is... Not the Buddy Holly song. Not the Buddy Holly song, which we keep thinking it is. And nor how is much it... better would it have been though? <laughs> if just... I don't think it would have matched the vibe. Tbh, like instead of instead of Kelsey playing piano, she's got a little xylophone in front of her. <laughs> ding 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. So every day is written and produced by Jamie Houston, who did you are the music and me and a whole bunch of other stuff so it, it's our regular regular folk here yeah it's not always the same person like it's not like alan menken wrote all the songs for this one thing like it, it bounces between but jamie houston's definitely one we've had before and in general he writes good songs yeah <laughs> it's not like there's like one guy who writes all the bad songs that'd be really funny <laughs> like why do we keep hiring this guy we, we have him on contract sorry we got to give him at least one song per movie otherwise we forfeit and then we have to pay him even more <laughs> but yeah um every day i mean i gave the compliment but at the end of the day at the end of every day this this song is not impressing itself upon me very well i mean i was looking at uh, the lyrics because th- while they are very lyrical and poetic... <laughs> the lyrics are very lyrical? Yes. I know <laughs> what I said. Th- there, There's a lot of fanciful language, descriptive language. It's a lot of just like 
doesn't actually mean anything language. It's flowery, but like like a fake flower flowery. Yeah. We only, I, I don't know, it's not a verse, I don't think. It might be a verse, actually. But we don't get through very much of the song in this one minute. It's only like, if with the lyric list I'm looking at, it's only like the first two stanzas, which I know is not the right word. It might be verses, but you didn't correct me before when I was asking about it, so. Just because the song's not really set up in like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus way. So Troy starts singing out, once in a lifetime means there's no second chance. So I believe that you and me should grab it while we can. And then he stops and then... <gasps> out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, Gabriella comes in, which we can talk about in a second. But we're just talking about the lyrics right now. She says, make it last forever and never give it back. And then together they say, it's our turn and I'm loving where we're at because this moment's really all we have. And then they kind of pass back and forth every day of our lives. Want to find you there. Want to hold on tight. Gonna run while we're young and keep the faith. Like, that's kind of chorusy. It uses the name of the song. It's not the sort of song where it's going to repeat the same chorus. It's not like Fabulous where it's like, we're going to get the Fabulous riff in the in like the front middle of the song and then the back middle of the song. Like We don't know that for, for sure yet, but it the, <laughs> the way this setup is, is that it's not going to be that kind of song. Yeah. It's kind of just a song that's going like from A to Z. Mm-hmm. Like they're just going to keep singing it and it's going to go where it goes. Yeah, it's like a poem more than a than a song. <laughs> It'd be great if that poem had any substance or like subcontext or <laughs> anything to it beyond. Anything interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not about what the words they're singing are. It's about what's happening the between feeling. the people in the scene and the feelings that are being evoked. Yes. So Troy starts out. Right, basically, right at the beginning of the minute, he's singing "Once in a Lifetime," mm-hmm. not the Talking Heads song. <laughs> Kelsey nods him in, and he starts singing. Yeah, and he sings "Once in a Lifetime," and then he kind of like looks down at Kelsey, and Kelsey's mouthing along mouthing the, words the words with him. It means there's cute. no second chance. Yeah, and then he starts singing a little bit more confidently, and you can see Kelsey kind of still like half mouthing. The words in the way she normally does. Yeah, yeah. I thought is good acting on um her part. I forget her name, but whatever. And yeah, he gets to the end of the bar at the end of the phrase, and that's when Gabriella's voice appears out of nowhere. And I wanted to ask you about this because it's like, what did Troy think was gonna happen in the song? Sharpay was gonna sing. I think he still thinks it's supposed to be Sharpay. Okay, I don't like the. This is an example of the movie being very unclear. Of like, we're not in Troy's perspective; we're in our perspective, but our perspective doesn't know what's happening. Like, our we don't have the dramatic irony either. We're kind of discovering this at the same time as Troy, so it's like it's confused as to like what the narrative beat we're supposed to be like enjoying is because they wanted to have the surprise of Gabriella. But, like, they didn't want it to be too confusing where Troy is, like, thinking Sharpay is going to be there. So they just throw him up on stage just like, just watch the song. The song will happen and you'll get over it. Yeah. Um, it's Alyssa Ruin, too, or Ruin, oh, okay. too, yeah. just so you know. Uh, I got it. And, yeah, it definitely, in a similar way to where we were complaining about the 
unearned redemption arc of Sharpay at the end of the first movie. It also gives off that kind of like unearned reunification here. Yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. It's like, as we said in in a previous episode, when was the last time Gabriella was even on screen? It was for her big sad song. And we have no background context here of like why she would even want to sing with Troy. Like he didn't apologize to her. Yeah. He just apologized to his friends. Did they like call Gabriella and say, no, we really mean it. He was a really good apology. And, and now we want you to come sing this brand new song. Or was Kelsey always behind the scenes scheming? Is this like a long con on Kelsey's part? Like she's like, all right, I want you to break up with him so then I can re like she's uh, she's doing it I like a live action fanfic here. Like she's 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 writing her own fan fiction of Troy and Gabriella. So they like have to have a sad part and then she reunites them at the end through song, which doesn't make sense. And Gabriella points it out to her. She's like, I don't care. How much better would this movie be if it was just like a musical version of Much Ado About Nothing, though? Oh, my God. Like, couldn't we Much do something like that? Favorite. That would be really fun. I was trying to think of like what like Shakespearean person Kelsey would be with like trying to set this up from the background. And I could only think of Iago. But that's a tragedy, not a comedy. So <laughs> I was like, who like what machination? Kelsey being hero. Yeah, maybe like a Midsummer Night's Dream where like there is kind of a person in the background trying to pair these people off just right. But Much Ado About Nothing is more the vibe of this movie. Yeah, I also like the idea of it being like a Lizzie McGuire kind of thing where (laughs) we're kind of getting like, because the animated Lizzie is not really like it's a it's almost like if she were writing a journal entry or I guess like Clarissa knows what is that one that I, I don't I don't know, man. Clarissa knows it's Clarissa, all or something. Yeah, tells something. all or something. Tell, yeah, yeah. Where there's like a journal premise. If it was like from Kelsey's perspective as like journal entries, or like like she was writing the story. If that premise like zoomed out at the end, that would be really funny and would make more sense why it's so disjointed because Kelsey's just writing the greatest hits. Kind of like just the major scenes like you don't see when like in a book when they go to the bathroom or eat food unless it's actually relevant to the plot. (laughs) Wait, are you saying that High School Musical as a franchise is actually like a fan fiction-esque OC musical that a high schooler is writing so that like like at the end of the day, Kelsey is like the self-insert author and this is all hypothetical High School Musical happening i mean i'm not explicitly saying it but i love the concept i think you could argue it in a series of video essays (laughs) and it would i could maybe be convinced so this so if this were a matrix this is like a matrix happening inside of kelsey's head she is the she is the universe in which her brain is the universe in which all three high school musicals are taking place and she's She's basically writing out this different songs and the different plots of the musicals that could then be acted out on stage by other people. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know where High School Musical, the musical, the series comes into play. I don't either. Maybe that's like her IRL. Like she's one of the people (laughs) actually there and is like, wow, my my fanfic is 
kind of I, i've not seen it so i also yeah don't so know. in the, in the logic of high school musical the musical the series which we haven't seen but as far as i know the movie exists in that show but like the characters aren't real just mm-hmm. the, like the movie exists as a musical we're, we're what we're proposing is that kelsey was an east high student who wrote a musical called high school musical that was then put on that was then performed and perhaps even adapted into film and then she wrote a sequel and then a third one. And they were all kind of bad in that way that high schoolers works are. Mm-hmm. No <laughs> knocking it. You got to start somewhere, folks. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Kelsey actually disappears from screen because when Gabriella starts singing, Troy like confusedly walks towards the center of the stage, like as if that he'll get a better perspective from there. Yeah. He starts looking around like, where is she? I hear her voice. <laughs> Where's behind stage that she could be? <laughs> but we discover she's not behind the stage. She's behind their friends at the back of the wow. audience. Yeah, so she emerges from behind Taylor and Chad and starts singing. A spotlight comes over to be on her. I'm, I'm wondering which one of the Wildcats is manning the spotlight in order to be ready for that. I do not. Yeah. I like when she steps out behind her, Chad does like a nod to Troy, like, yes, this is actually happening. I also appreciate, plus have questions about as Gabriella starts walking towards Troy as she's singing, Taylor like gives, like blows kisses. And it's like, girl, you are many of the reasons this has been an issue all movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not to call you out, but, like, why are you excited right now? You've been against Troy since the get-go. You make things very difficult difficult for Gabriella. You're not always a great friend in supporting your friend's friends. Like... Yeah, we haven't had that, like, that justice for Taylor, which comes out backwards, but, like, the negative kind of justice, where it's like, she deserves to pay for what she's done. (laughs) Yeah, it, it's kind of similar to Sharpay's redemption arc of the last movie that, like, it doesn't make sense, but also we need people to be excited because, like, a big thing is happening right now. Yeah, but it's like, why should we just let this blow over for Taylor and let Troy, like, take all the take all the blame for... I mean, this is what we were talking about the whole movie. is like, why is everyone mad at Troy? Like, they're being just as bad of friends to him as he is being to them, but... We're all, we're all past that now. He yeah, said that on it. He yeah. apologized. We're moving on. Yeah, and but not to Gabriella. But Gabriella's still here singing with her two handheld microphone. She's got this white dress with like a blue, Big blue looks like ribbon. Yeah, like around the middle. It looks like the like Maria dress from West Side Story, but she but Maria wore a red ribbon, and it's a lot bigger of a ribbon. Yeah, this is a thicker ribbon but the same style of like white dress ribbon around the waist cinch yeah to cinch the dress a cinch yeah it's it's really it like because the lyrics gabriella is singing like make it last forever and never give it back it's our turn and i'm loving where we're at it's like again it doesn't feel earned now's the time to seize the day yeah it's yeah it's it's, it doesn't like we missed out on gabriella's thought process we saw tr- only Troy's in this one, so we don't actually get to understand why she's here. <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I like I was just thinking, like you know, 
let's do it now because the night is young and we're young and Mm -hmm. nothing lasts forever is like the most common love song or just pop song motif of all time. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do it now because tomorrow's too late. Like, that's we've had that so many times. Um, YOLO sees like Carpe Diem, like all that stuff. Like it's been done before. Yeah. What was interesting about Breaking Free was that it felt like a culmination of the themes of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Right. They're literally breaking free of like the chains, the status quo that holds them down. And in that moment, they're Themselves. breaking out of it. Yeah. And this is just like, wow, we really wasted our time this summer but now we're taking our time back it's like sure i guess and again we we haven't seen any of this from gabriella's perspective as you were saying right from from the whole movie we didn't know like what she felt like she was missing out on working at this job like did she want did she want to like be working in a science lab or like doing something else with her life that wasn't lifeguarding we didn't know and then she left the job and it's like great we haven't heard from you what what do you want, Gabriella? How Other- long has it been since you left, too? Like, we don't have a sense of... Because, <laughs> like, was it just, like, two days? Was it three weeks? Like, did she leave early? Why couldn't why couldn't we get a scene between Gabriella and her mom, or Gabriella's yeah. in her bedroom throwing a basketball? <laughs> There's a deleted scene of at Gabriella's house, but I don't know when or when it would have been in the movie or much about it in general. Because it's not like it was ever released or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how how many times can we say, like, this movie presents, like, an interesting thing that is, like, pretty to look at and enjoyable, but lacks overall substance. And when you think about it for more than two seconds, is actually kind of disappointing. But here we are in minute 99. <laughs> We're getting through. We're getting through. Yeah, I was just trying to look up the deleted scene like to see if I could dig up any details and there's there's really nothing other than like it would have been at Gabriella's house and between her and her mom but I feel like we've been harping on the same points a lot lately so like I don't want to delve back there but there's something about this being the quote-unquote climax of the movie that feels lackluster Yeah, and we kind of ran into this, you know, last episode when you asked me for, like, my predictions. And I was like, you know, it's probably going to be Gabriella spontaneously appears and starts singing. And I said, that's what's going to happen, but it's the worst possible option. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been cool if he had to sing with Sharpay or if they actually had to compete with Sharpay or something. Or if Sharpay, like, yielded, like, she was also somehow in on the plot. Oh yeah, that would be a cool twist. Like if, if like if that would actually redeem Sharpay in like too. more a more substantial way. Yeah. Or if like Sharpay and Gabriella had to sing together. Like a like a bop to the top, Sharpay and Miss Piggy. <laughs> Maybe. I was just thinking like if the song somehow like like, similar to the first movie with Breaking Free, like, if the song repeated the motifs of the movie, where it was, like, it starts out with Troy and Gabriella singing, and then Sharpay tries to bust in as, like, this, like, third duet person, and then they have to, like, overpower her with their singing, and then eventually she joins in in the background and harmonizes with them, and then it just kind of becomes an overall metaphor for the plot of the movie. Like, that'd be interesting. Yeah. 
But it's too creative. We shouldn't give the High School Musical people good ideas. So there's something I want to think about this, though. Like, they all took the job because they felt they had to for some reason. They had to save for college. They needed it for their resume. They wanted tickets to the Nixon Sixers. They wanted to save for a car. (laughs) And some of the messaging of this song is, though, that living for yourself is just as important as external factors giving reason. Like, it's not as strong of an argument as, like, breaking free in terms of reflecting the themes, but, like, there is some, like, growth of the song. Like, I mean, the song itself isn't, like, I'm sitting here just reading the lyrics, and it's like, yeah, I read it contextually, like, on the page. It's kind of hard to absorb in the song because the song is, like, weirdly paced. It doesn't feel like it's about, like, having to decide between work and life, though. It's just about, like, it's a relationship and we got to give it a shot. We don't want to, like, just let it squander. Yeah, that, I I just think there's some stuff there that can be seen back in the movie. It just is very challenging. (laughs) We have to dig deep. Mm -hmm. Dig a little deeper, as it were. Okay, we're going to keep talking about this in the next episode. So how about we wrap it up? Anything else, Condra? I got nothing. All oh, right. oh, no, wait, I do. Um, I like as Gabrielle is stepping out of the crowd, the crowd, uh, the crowd of wildcats, the, the audience crowd starts applauding her like yeah, they know like, who she oh, is. Uh, no, no, it's like it's just kind of like the general thing of like when a person, a new person appears on stage, you're supposed to clap for them. Like, I liked that idea, actually. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was nice. It was not it's the... like when someone finishes a solo, you clap, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was not the roar of applause we would have expected if it was Sharpay, but it was still it was <laughs> polite claps. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I have. Okay. Well, where should people engage with us online? They could find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know your favorite thing to order from the 99 restaurant. We're back. To that, again. Thought we left it. You you can step out of the 99 restaurant, but you never really leave. Oh. It's like the Hotel California in that way. Okay. (laughs) Well, special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram. And our musician... Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler, and we'll see you next time to find out if Minute 100 lives up to the hype. You can bet on it.